0: Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Luke Armstrong and I'm your host. Joining me this week is Adam Beagle. What's up, Adam? How's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? Doing good. It's uh, it's good to do uh, another show this week. Uh, last week we had a really solid episode. Um, had Jay on. That was really, really fun. That episode did really, really well. So uh, it was kind yeah, of... that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great to have a new voice on the show last week. Um, and... Just, it just kind of brought a, a different vibe to it and stuff. I like bringing, bringing guests on for that exact reason, so yeah, it was fun. Um, we got a great episode for you guys planned today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Xbox. There was some meaty news that came out uh, this past week surrounding the next generation of Xbox, specifically Xbox Series X. Phil Spencer wrote a blog post uh, and kind of going over all the details about the next generation, some of the hardware uh hardware what is the word i'm looking for specs i guess um the hardware specs and then as well as talking about some of the services that are going to be launching this upcoming generation so that's going to be the bulk of the show and then we're going to talk about animal crossing because we had a animal crossing direct last week and i think that aired like a couple days after last week's episode so uh by now i'm sure most of you if you're interested in Animal Crossing, you've probably already had a chance to talk about the Direct, but we're kind of if you missed it, we'll go over what uh, was included in the Direct and then just talk about some of those features and what features we're excited for, etc, etc. So that's what the episode looks like this week. It's just gonna be me and Adam. Garrett, unfortunately, couldn't join us this week just because of scheduling. Uh, That's why this episode is going up on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday, because, yeah, my, I, I honestly, I think I'm probably, the most at fault for when it comes to scheduling because my schedule is so inconsistent it changed week to week whereas adam and garrett are kind of like you guys are kind of have your schedule set for the most part so i'm the one kind of throwing a a wrench in it every single week but
1: um it's not always the most convenient schedule to have though even if it is uh you know the same week to week Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah and again like the time zone stuff always always impacts it but i mean We made it this far, so I think we can keep going. So, a reminder that the podcast airs every Tuesday, most of the time. Each week, Adam, Garrett, and I discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on new game releases. The show is available on all major podcast services, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you use. If you want to help support this podcast, make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you use. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, maybe take a second to leave uh, the show a review. Small things like that really help grow the show and really help us find a bigger audience. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, which I know most of you do, please take a second to leave a review for the show. Housekeeping. We only have a couple more days left to enter our giveaway for a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 4. Uh, so head over to our Twitter page, at GamesAreFunPod, and look for our pinned tweet. It should be the first tweet that pops up on our profile, and it will list instructions on how you can enter. I think we got more people entered in this game giveaway than last month, so that's really good to see, but I mean, I still think there's only like 10 or 11 people that have entered, so I mean, your chances are are, are pretty good. It's not like you're entering a giveaway where hundreds and thousands of people have also entered, like... It's, it's a it's a, chan- a pretty good chance for you to win a free video game and a really good video game at that. So make sure you head over to our Twitter page, at GamesAreFunPod, and sign up for that giveaway. Um, just a disclaimer there that the code, of course, is only a North American code, so it will only work on North American PlayStation Network accounts. Um, so apologies to uh, Europe listeners and anywhere else in the world, but I think our audience is primarily North America, so... All right. Um, I guess that's really all I had for housekeeping. Uh, It seems like we're kind of blowing blowing through this beginning of the show. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess we could just jump in it if you want to go for it. Uh, Do you have anything else to add before we go into our big topic here, Adam?
1: Uh, I guess the the only big thing for me is, uh, you know, last week I was kind of ranting and raving about ESA, speed running marathon. Well, if you missed it or you're craving more good news... Uh, on GDQ this week, there is a new 24/7 marathon. It's called Frost Fatales, and it is essentially just like GDQ, except uh, it's it's not li- like it's not in like a a live convention area or anything. So it's it's essentially done kind of all online. These streamers are um, essentially s- streaming these games from their their homes or whatever, but you still get the the same quality. Uh, gameplay, game breaking stuff, high execution, <laughs> um, great commentary. There's a, a, the charity involved is, is really good, but it's the the key difference here is that it's all female. Um oh, really? Wow. So it's all female runners, female commentators, female hosts. That's um, awesome. So it's really getting, uh, you know, women gamers on on the scene, especially those that you know, obviously like to speed run, uh, and the um the charity for this is the malala fund which is a uh a charity to to help women around the world make sure that they get educations and school and all that so um really solid uh charity there you know gdq always teams up with with great charity partners um and make sure that that money goes to to really good places awesome
0: that's really 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 cool i hadn't even heard of that uh Sorry, where did it's, you say... It's pretty new. Okay, this is like a, the first time they've done this event, or is it... So this
1: is technically the second time they did it. Oh, okay. Um, but this is the first time they're doing it with a charity partner. I think right. last time they did it, they, it was just, you know, them doing a thing. And, and now this time there's an actual charity involved and um, all that. So. Cool.
0: That's awesome. Uh, where can people check that out again on GDQ's... On
1: Twitch. It's uh, the Games Done Quick channel.
0: Awesome. I'll put uh, a link for that in the show notes if you guys want an easy way to just finding that uh, Twitch channel. And honestly, just go over there and give them a follow and uh, set your alerts for when they go live. So that way, that's what I do. Because um, a lot of times I'll totally not even realize that they're holding these events unless adam's here telling telling us about them (laughs) and uh yeah i'll see that like notification that they've gone live and it's like great i can watch some speed running um so yeah that's really cool thanks for mentioning that Mm -hmm. sure all right well let's talk about xbox uh they're coming in this next generation with uh They're going hard. That's the best way to put it, I guess. Um, So this past week, uh, on February 24th, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, actually did a blog post called What You Can Expect From The Next Generation of Gaming over on uh, the Xbox Wire on Xbox's website. And it's a really well-written blog post that just kind of talks about exactly that what we can expect from the next generation of gaming for xbox Um, they go into some spec details of the xbox series x um, but more importantly they kind of talk about some of the new features that are going to be coming some of the new services that are going to be in this next generation so rather than reading the entire i i recommend that you kind of go and find this article yourself and give it a read because uh it is quite beefy in content uh, i'm not going to read the whole thing but i am going to just take the bullet points of you know some of the things that phil mentioned so uh right off the bat there's a graphic that was flowing around on twitter and social media of a picture of the xbox series x and some bullet points right beside it um talking 12 teraflops very vari- variable rate shading hardware accelerated directs X ray tracing quick resume for multiple games and smart delivery so some of those things I'm going to go in more detail here uh, because Phil kind of expanded on some of them Um, so first talking about uh, a superior balance of power and speed so uh, he talks a little bit about the next generation custom processor so Xbox Series X is our most powerful console ever powered by our custom design processor leveraging AMD's latest Zen 2 and RDNA 2 architectures, delivering four times the processing power of an Xbox One and enabling developers to leverage 12 teraflops of GPU, which is graphics processing unit performance, twice that of an Xbox One X and more than eight times the original Xbox One. Xbox Series X delivers a true generational leap in processing and graphics power with cutting edge techniques. Uh, edge techniques resulting in higher frame rates. Sorry, <laughs> I got a mouthful of marvels this afternoon. Um, <laughs> graphics power with edge techniques resulting in higher frame rates, larger, more sophisticated game worlds, and an immersive experience unlike anything seen in console gaming. Um, and then they also talk about variable rate shading. Um, our patent form of VRS empowers developers to more efficiently utilize the full power of the Xbox Series X. Rather than spinning GPU cycles unin- uninformedly to every single pixel on the screen, they can prioritize individual effects on specific game characters or important environmental objects. This technique results in more stable frame rates and higher resolution, with no impact on the final image quality. And then finally, Hardware accelerate Directs Direct X ray tracing you can expect more dynamic and realistic environments powered by hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing a first for console gaming this means true to life Lightning accurate reflections and realistic acoustics in real time as you explore the game world so before I go on let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of this stuff now for me personally, a lot of this is in a different language, and I don't understand a majority of it. But for the most part, what I've gathered from this is, um, you know, the, the 12 teraflops of GPU graphics processing unit um, is qu- quite a bit higher. I mean, it's twice that of an Xbox One X, as they mentioned, and then eight times from the original Xbox One. Um what what do you make of all this uh, stuff? Is there, does this do anything for you or is this just like, it sounds like it's powerful and good. It sounds good to me.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, games are going to look hella cool, um, which we expect with the new console generation, they're going to run amazingly, which again, we expect with a new console generation. And so I think this is kind of just the, the obvious kind of like, duh, of course you're doing this <laughs> stuff. Um, and it's, and like you said, some of it's just kind of like I don't understand what you're saying. I just know that it's going to make my games look and play right. really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's the stuff that comes after that I find most intriguing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. I didn't expect us to talk too much about some of this technical stuff, um, but it was great. I think that they kind of came out and just put on the table. Here's for those people that care about this stuff. Here's what you can expect from Xbox Series X. Um, so that you can kind of can figure out if, if you're into that stuff. I mean, most console gamers, I guess, are, you know, like you and I, and they they care about the services and that kind of stuff. I think it's more of the, the PC people that really care about um, what kind of hardware is in their mm-hmm. their units and stuff like that. But at any rate, it's it's obviously an upgrade from our, our current gen, and which is crazy because, honestly, like, at this point in time, it seems like it's quite difficult to, you like, almost leading into this next generation, it's like, okay, well, what what can we get better at? Like, games already look really, really great um, mm-hmm. on the current gen of Xbox One X and PS4 Pro. Obviously, they, they can still get better, but it used to be that we used to kind of compare generations through, like, graphics and stuff. Like, But now we're kind of getting into more of more things like frame rate and, you know, how these images look on our TVs and, you know, some of those other thing terms like ray tracing and stuff that I still don't fully understand. Um, but at any rate, it seems like there's still lots of room, I think, to grow games, um, especially console games. And I think we're starting to get to that point where they're starting to match that quality of PC games.
1: Yeah, and one other thing to mention there, like it, it kind of, we hear the word ray tracing a lot mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean much, but there are, you can go on like YouTube and stuff and you can see mm-hmm. examples of ray tracing in existing and and even in some old games. And yeah. it, it's pretty amazing the drastic changes this, this technology can make on old, um, on pretty old titles. Like I think it was like Quake 2, and even like Minecraft was another one. It's yeah. So it's really interesting how this can really elevate games like that. And I mean, if it can do that to older games, like imagine what it can do for newer games. Like, for sure. It's a really exciting technology. And it is something that kind of gets uh, maybe a little overlooked in all the the kind of mumbo jumbo right. tech speak that, yeah. that floats around. So um, if you want to see it in action... Um, you know, just go to YouTube and, and look up ray tracing and see what kind of difference it, it makes.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I did when I started hearing this term be thrown around so much. And I just went down a rabbit hole of checking out so many different games <laughs> and stuff. And yeah, so if you're if you're like us, that, that's a great recommendation, Adam. All right, Immersion in an Instant. Uh, So these are some cool things as well. Um, More tech stuff. So we got SSD storage, so solid state drive storage. Um, Basically, game worlds are larger, more dynamic, and load in a flash, and fast travel is just that, fast. Um, Quick Resume, the new Quick Resume feature lets you continue multiple games from a suspended state almost instantly, returning you to where you were and what you were doing without waiting through long loading screens. Dynamic latency input, so we're optimizing latency in the player to console pipeline starting with our Xbox wireless controller, which leverages our high bandwidth proprietary wireless communication protocol when connected to the console. With dynamic latency input, a new feature which synchronizes, oh crap I accidentally hit back, <laughs> lost my place here, uh, latency uh yeah i don't have it up yeah right that's now, okay so with I dynamic <laughs> I, I i got it here uh with dynamic latency input a new feature which synchronizes input immediately with what is displayed controls are even more precise and responsive hdmi 2.0 innovation we're partnered with the hdmi forum and tv manufacturers to enable the best gaming experience through features such as auto low la- low latency mode and variable refresh rate ALLM allows Xbox One and Xbox Series X to automatically set the connected display to its lowest latency mode. VRR synchronizes the display's refresh rate to the game's frame rate, maintaining smooth visuals without tearing, ensuring minimal lag and the most responsive gaming experience. And then uh, with support up to 120 frames per second, Uh, Xbox Series X allows developers to exceed standard 60 frames per second output in favor of heightened realism or fast paced action. So again, just more of the hardware specs, uh, stuff that's in the box that's going to improve your gameplay experience. Um, the solid state drive storage is something that, uh, PlayStation 5 has already talked about. And we saw that demo Mm -hmm. from i think it was spider-man showing the difference yeah. between a playstation 4 and then a playstation 5 with a solid state drive uh storage and how much quicker load times are it's almost instantly and even when uh they showed a video spider-man traversing i think we've talked about this on the show but traversing through new york city and how quickly it could process stuff uh, you know in in the game and in the environment so that's honestly something that i'm quite looking forward to um because it seems like today like there's still some games like the outer worlds was one in recent memory that was just brutally long to load um mind you i played majority of that on my original xbox one but it seemed like a little excessive <laughs> in some spots so it's yeah. like yeah, like w- the loading screens are something that we've always had like w- and so I'm really excited that they're they're really trying to minimize that, make games quicker and snappier. So
1: Yeah, I'd say that's that's one of the big ones for me mm-hmm. out of everything. And again, it's kind of old news because we know PlayStation was doing it, uh, you know, from that wire right. vertical and everything and um but that's still one of my most wanted um improvements in the yeah, next round sure. of consoles. is just that ability to kind of have instant installation um, instant updates and just hop into your game super quick no no loading times like that's that's huge because like you said there's you know games are packed with so much information that it takes a long time to load them mm-hmm. and you know it's uh, um, you know it's something we've dealt with for a long time but now it's kind of like I that's enough already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I'm I'm just looking forward to that not being a problem anymore. Absolutely. The un- up to
0: 120 frames per second support is kind of interesting. Uh, I think I was listening to some sort of kind of funny content, either PSI Love You or kind of Funny Games Daily. They're talking, joking about how how high can the human eye actually process like frames. You know what I mean? Like what what's the highest frame rate? that we can actually see. And I, I'm sure there's some sort of measurement to that, but there is a difference when you go from a low frame rate game to like, especially when I made the jump to the Xbox one X and, you know, I was able to play like Witcher three um, and see that increase in frame rate. It really changes how a game looks like. I, I, I like that. They're focusing on this because, you know, 8k is something that is probably going to be supported in the future but I think we're at that point there that resolution doesn't really matter it's it's the frame rate that is really important and you know knowing that games would be based probably 60 frames per second then up to 120 is just crazy uh, especially coming from that norm of like 30 frames per second and some games getting that 60 frame per second support and then you know that that's a huge gap even if you're playing on like a Nintendo Switch right so I I, I like that they're focusing on frame rate rather than like they're making that one of their bullet points rather than resolution right they could say Mm -hmm. hey we're gonna have 8K, 8k support but they know that I think most gamers are really looking at that frame rate as something that's important to their experience so
1: yeah i might be in the the minority here i i do care about frame rate but i'm not necessarily hung up on like the 120 sure. thing yeah as long as i can get a solid 60 and pretty yeah. much any game like, absolutely I'm, I'm pretty much good with that
0: yeah i think they're they're future proofing in the sense that you know the majority of the base games will have that and then you know probably first party titles maybe triple bigger triple a games can get to that which would be really cool um Man, I, I, the games that I keep thinking about uh, for next generation is like Cyberpunk and even like mm-hmm. Halo Infinite, like just on how those games are going to just be so silky smooth with their, their high frame rates and uh, big output resolutions and stuff. Like, it's going to be incredible. I'm really pumped.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real good. Yeah.
0: Uh, so this is where it gets into probably the most exciting news, in my opinion, uh, that Phil Spencer shared. So... The next generation of game compatibility, so four generations of gaming, so our commitment to compatibility means existing Xbox One games, including backwards compatible Xbox 360 and original Xbox games, look and play better than ever before. Uh, Your favorite games, including titles in Xbox Game Pass, benefit from steadier frame rates, faster load times, and improved resolution and visual fidelity, all with no developer work required. Your Xbox One gaming accessories also come forward with you. Um... I'm going to save smart delivery for last uh, Xbox game pass. In addition to games from across four generations of consoles or leading game subscription service, Xbox game pass will continue to have our first party games like Halo Infinite included at their launch. We look forward to millions of you experiencing the Xbox game pass portfolio and immersing yourselves. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So Xbox game pass. Surprising no one is going forward into this next generation. And uh, I assume that they're going to continue supporting that and making it bigger and better. So here is the one point that had me the most excited. And this is honestly what made this whole blog post that Phil did kind of start trending. Uh, At least that's how I noticed it is um, a lot of people were talking about this new feature called smart delivery so this technology empowers you to buy a game once and know that whether you are playing it on Xbox One or Xbox Series X, you're getting the right version of the game on whatever Xbox you're playing on. We're making the commitment to use smart delivery on all our exclusive Xbox Game Studio titles, including Halo Infinite, ensuring you only have to purchase a title once in order to play the best available version for whichever Xbox console they choose to play on. This technology is available for all the developers and, oh, and publishers, and they can choose to use it for titles that will be released on Xbox One first and come to the Xbox Series X later. So, long story short, basically you buy Halo Infinite for Xbox One and let's say, you know, a couple months later you decide, I'm going to buy an Xbox Series X, well because you bought that Halo Infinite on Xbox One, you now have the Xbox One X version playable on your new console. Um, So I assume it's kind of going to, these newer Xbox Series X versions compared to the Xbox One versions are, you know, probably more refined, better visuals, um, you know, because you're dealing with a piece of hardware that can, you know, we talked about the 12 teraflops compared to six, right? Like it just has more hardware in there that can run these games faster and better. Um, so you're going to have that version of the game that's maybe been developed um, and improved for that piece of hardware, um, for free, which is incredible, right? Like that's, uh, how do you feel about this smart
1: delivery? I think it's great. Um, there's really, really nothing bad to say about Mm -hmm. that. I mean, just giving that kind of peace of mind to, to players is just incredible. That is a huge, um, you know, customer first move right there. Just you know, again, peace of mind, not having to repurchase games over and over to get the best content or best visuals. Um, yeah, that just I, I think that's huge because, I mean, I, we all kind of get fatigued on all the, the remasters and, and ports and, um, you know, relaunches of, of certain games and having to pay multiple times for those and just not having to even think of that as a, as a possibility is fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: Agreed. I think this is honestly such a, a big feature that it could honestly help um, people kind of immerse themselves into the Xbox ecosystem, right? Those people that maybe have skipped the Xbox One and because of, it, it had a lackluster performance this generation and just hearing these things, uh, everything that we've already mentioned in this podcast and then this on top of it is is incredible. Like... And they say in the, the statement here that it's going to be Xbox Game Studio titles are going to be that, um, but we already had a couple third-party things confirmed, like CD Projekt Red confirmed that Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be part of this smart delivery uh, service. So when you buy Cyberpunk this September for Xbox One, uh, whenever the Xbox One X version comes out, because they, they confirmed that it was coming to next generation, but not at launch of these new consoles. It'll probably be within the year, I would say, of you know, sometime post-September 2020 to September 2021. That's kind of my guess, is we're going to get that next-gen Cyberpunk 2077. But if you bought that, which a bunch of us are going to be buying it this September, the fact that I can then play it you know have this better experience and not have to like go out and buy the game is is something that is brand new to us right like look at even just this past generation with something like grand theft auto 5 right where we went out and bought grand theft auto 5 on ps3 and xbox 360 and then a year went by and we all bought it again for ps4 and xbox one and um It'll be interesting. What I want to know is how many third-party developers are going to jump on this smart delivery because mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, like you said, this is for for the for the fans, for the, the players. Um, from a business standpoint, why would you sell only one when you could sell two, right? It, it doesn't really make sense in that sense, but I think them just taking this stance... Um, could bring more people into the Xbox ecosystem signing up for Xbox Live Xbox game Pass and and bring in more they've they've obviously done looked at it from a business perspective and decided that this this would be something that they could do and they're not gonna lose lose money on it so yeah I'm really yeah, really that... excited about it
1: yeah and uh, cyberpunk is a good point too because I mean especially with the uh, the delay that they've had, you know, as you mentioned, it, it, one of the discussions we've had just kind of off air is, you know, do we wait for next generation or do we pick it up right away? You know, we were just kind of assuming that there was going to be at launch, there would be like a uh, Xbox Series X version or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, well, what? Do, which one do we purchase? And, you know, not having to even worry about that is is just totally. so cool. Like, yeah, just buy it on launch and then you're good to go either way. So... Yeah, that's awesome. What I wanted
0: to ask you before we... Uh, I, I guess that's pretty much the article. Uh, they talk a little bit about E3. Or no. Oh, that's a previous blog post. So never mind. That's basically the article. What I wanted to ask you is, Sony going to do something similar to this or do you think they are not going to do... Uh, the like they they're obviously not going to call it smart delivery, but are they going to have some sort of similar type of program on the PlayStation
1: Five? I think they kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that would give Xbox just the hugest edge. Um, you know, at least with third party purchases. You know, if Sony's counting on on those those purchases purchases to go along with their their consoles, I mean. It just makes Xbox kind of a no-brainer choice. Yeah. but um, I, I feel like them announcing this it almost makes it something they have to do. Otherwise, you know, just kind of like how we always talk about how Sony dunked on uh, Xbox for the way, you know, you can share games with friends and stuff. Right. That would be a perfect opportunity for Xbox to turn around and dunk on, on Sony. Like, you know, you want to upgrade your console, but you know, don't want to have to repurchase games? Well, you don't have to. So, yeah, yeah, it would would definitely be huge. And it does kind of make me curious how Cyberpunk, in that Twitter post, they only mention Xbox. There's no mention of PlayStation. So it makes me wonder, like, is it just because Sony hasn't mentioned anything about it or are they not supporting this? Um, So it makes it it interesting.
0: Totally. I think that... Well, to, to your point about Cyberpunk mentioning only Xbox, I think you're right. It's probably due to the fact that Sony hasn't... They've announced details through the Wired article and some other, you know, avenues of what PS5 has, but they haven't really gone into as much detail as Xbox has. I mean, Xbox has already released what the console looks like. Uh, PlayStation 5, we still aren't, aren't quite sure. We're not sure when we're going to hear from Sony, but... I suspect that they're only mentioning that either because Sony has something similar like that, but it hasn't been officially announced, so they can't. Um, but it also could be I don't know, there might be some sort of marketing reasons because um, I know that Cyberpunk, the last two E3s, has had uh, their game on Microsoft Stage. Mm-hmm. And, you right. know, we have those, not like the exclusivity deals, but in the sense of like, marketing right like call of duty with playstation right now um i'm blanking on other ones at this moment but you know what i mean that when uh red dead redemption 2 was heavily marketed on playstation 4 consoles and stuff like that you can still buy the game on xbox one but Mm -hmm. they they run their ads pushing you to buy it on ps4 i i think that cd project red is doing that with cyberpunk 2077 that's that's my opinion uh and honestly it's really smart of microsoft to to get on that to get one of the most anticipated games of 2020 um and not only are they promoting their own game that's coming out they're helping microsoft by talking about this new feature and stuff like that um if i'm being honest with you i'll probably now buy it on xbox one um just because i have the x um and Mm -mm you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy an Xbox Series X right at launch or if I'm going to buy a PS5. That's to, to be decided still. But I mean, it this th- everything that Xbox has mentioned in this blog post is something to be really excited for. And I think that they're coming in strong next generation, which is really good to see considering mm-hmm. they had such a weak uh, performance, uh, at least at the start of this this generation. So
1: yeah. And don't forget, too, that, um, you know, it's kind of old news at this point but but not really but x cloud being a thing yeah. like, you know if you want to be able to play uh cyberpunk on the go you know x cloud is is a great option for that so i mean playing games on xbox gives players so much variety <laughs> so much choice with game pass x cloud and now smart delivery like it's just you know they're really turning things around. It, <laughs> I, I can't say enough like how much I'm impressed with with yeah. what they're doing.
0: It's crazy. I mean, we still have yet to see what PS5 is going to offer consumers, but I mean, if it's similar to the PlayStation 4 and they're, you know, not jumping on board with the streaming and they kind of just keep PlayStation Now similar to where it's at. I mean, like it, you would be crazy not to to go with the Xbox with Everything that you just mentioned. It's 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 mind boggling how good of a service Xbox provides for for their gamers with all those those things that you mentioned. So I'm really I'm we it's it's really exciting because we're in March, we're at GDC's uh just around the corner here. Um and then who knows when Sony's going to do uh a reveal of the PlayStation 5, show off some more details and stuff like that, but it's, we're getting close to that point where we're starting to to figure out what where we're gonna go. You know, are we gonna go with PlayStation Five? Or are we gonna go with Xbox? Or are we gonna go with both? You know, if, if we're we have lots of money. But I I like it. It's an exciting time um, to be a gamer for sure. All right, uh, let's. I guess let's move on to Animal Crossing: New Horizons. So mm-hmm. last week uh, I'm gonna get Adam to read out some of these things that were mentioned but last week uh an animal crossing nintendo direct was aired i think it was last thursday if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah and we got uh probably like a half hour ish of um information on animal crossing new Horizons, some of the new features um they went into some deep details so adam i'm gonna turn it over to you why don't you uh go through some of the stuff that we saw from the direct
1: yeah, so um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it is on, on YouTube, so you can always go to uh, Nintendo's YouTube channel and watch watch the Direct there. And then uh, there's also a link that, that we have from IGN that was done by Miranda Sanchez and Matt Perslow, where they kind of highlight some of the things from the Direct that, that came in. So um, one of the things unsurprising about Animal Crossing New Horizons is that it's it's going to be kind of just another Animal Crossing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some added features in there. So uh, some of the things they highlight, of course, is seasons. This is nothing new to the game. Um, you know, you get to choose in this one. However, if you want to be Northern Hemisphere, or Southern Hemisphere. So that plays a factor. It's not just, you know, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're playing an Animal Crossing game, you're, you're basically playing... A season that's not in a season in real life for you so yeah it's
0: like swapped right our winter here in north Mm -hmm. america is like the southern hemisphere's summer and so exactly which is yeah kind of cool sorry i'll just uh i wanted to make a point of how cool that is because it's like if you wanted to experience those winter seasons but you don't want to wait like seven eight months to get there i mean you could technically do that pretty pretty quickly um Mm -hmm. which is cool so yeah
1: yeah so that's really cool that they're adding that in and then of course uh day and night is reflective of the time on your system and then also the date is reflective of the time Mm -hmm. on your system so spring in real life for you is spring in the game and of course then that brings visual changes and uh changes to the activities that you can do on your island in, in new horizons so i mean that's that's pretty par for the course. I mean, that's been a thing since I think the original animal crossing is the the day, night cycles and the season cycles. um, And then the activities and and sort of events that come with that. So um, going forward then, so Island services. So when you start out, uh, let's see, IGN says the resident services tent is available 24 seven for crafting tips, shopping place to sell items uh, then the day after you arrive on the island, you'll have access to the airport that also houses the post office and online portal that allows you to visit others. So in other Animal Crossing games, you typically have shops, um, you know, maybe like a mayor's office or something like mm-hmm. that, houses. And and this has nothing. Like you start off with a tent and you start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's it takes you down to to much more bare bones than what you usually have in animal crossing games. And that gives you more uh, potential and more capabilities as you progress through the game. So it kind of, it doesn't seem like much at the start, but it allows you full customization, which is nice. And we'll kind of get into that more here. Um, So nook phone and nook miles. uh, So this is just to, to kind of, Uh, see maybe where I can summarize this. Uh, It's a menu item. So uh, Tom Nook gives you a phone when you first arrive on the island. So it's it's the Nook phone. Uh, So there's a camera, map, DIY app, and plenty more. The smartphone also gives Nook a direct line to you. At the start of each day, Nook will put on an island-wide broadcast about something. Nook didn't elaborate in the Nintendo Direct. Uh, Nook miles were discussed again, though. Uh, points earned through this achievement style system can be used to pay off the initial getaway package and then to purchase special rewards only available through Nook shop. You can also spend Nook Miles on a special ticket for a trip to a random deserted island. It'll be filled with resources for crafting, fruit, and animals you can invite to visit your island. So uh, Nook Miles essentially is the currency of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as it was just mentioned here, you use it to buy things, uh, upgrade uh, your... Uh, physical belongings eventually you'll be able to i believe buy buy like housing and stuff with it Um, and then of course the random deserted island things so uh, this could be we don't know all the details yet but i think as i was listening to uh, i think it might have been game scoop or maybe it was uh, nintendo voice chat on ign they were talking about the possibility that it could be let's say it's it's summer in our time zone, but we need something that's only available in winter. Right. Yeah. Uh, that this may allow the opportunity to access islands that have a winter theme to get those those things that you need. And I think, um, you know, maybe a way to keep people from kind of cheating the system by altering the uh, time and date on their switches to right. to fast to get... forward. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is. Uh,
0: uh, I-, I wanted to mention this was something that I thought was quite. Quite cool is that there's an ed- like we can go to these other islands and kind of explore, um, you know, a different island from the one that we're on. And it kind of reminds me a little bit about like Stardew, where you could go to, you know, you could go to the mines, you could go to the desert, you could go to these little places that are, you know, outside of your typical routine of farming and harvesting to collect resources and stuff, um, which is really cool because it, it kind of helps I think break that some people get tired of the the routine. Some people really like it, but some people kind of get burned out of doing the same kinds of crafting and harvesting. Um, so being able to go somewhere else, uh, somewhere else, not on your island, go to a different island, collect different rare resources is really neat.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, moving forward then, so uh, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but home upgrade slash decor. Uh, so IGN says home upgrades still cost a heavy chunk of change 98,000 bells. Uh, we saw on the screen, but this time around they come with their own hidden storage. Uh, the Nintendo direct didn't reveal the size of this storage though. We did see that multiple items can be selected and moved together. So, uh, so yeah, so there is the option to get houses so you can, you can buy a house, upgrade it. Um, the, the animals that live in live on the Island will also be able to get houses Uh, shops will will eventually be available on the island Um, then also uh, crafting so crafting is as simple as learning a new DIY recipe collecting the materials and pressing a button to make it we've seen this in previous new horizon videos but we learned that you'll also be able to customize furniture too you'll also be able to learn new skills through workshops held at the resident services center. So uh, crafting a thing that wasn't in animal crossing before. So it's nice that they, they have it in here to kind of mm-hmm. give you some more flexibility on, on what you do and how you interact uh, with the Island. Um, any thoughts there?
0: Uh, yeah. I, I, I just thought it was funny. Like the, the con- that's why I've kind of chuckled a couple times, especially when you're talking about the nook phone and nook miles and stuff of just like <laughs> how you're kind of roped into buying this, like, uh, what is it like the, the getaway package or whatever that kind of like sets mm-hmm, you up with yeah. the tent and everything you need. And then he ropes you in to, to get a house and you're going to be paying that off for the rest of your life. And I, it's just like, it's hilarious. I love how that they're not like explicitly, going into sorry i know you were talking a little bit about crafting i was just going back to the house upgrades and mm-hmm. stuff of just yeah. like tom nook and how they kind of play into that without like explicitly mentioning it like because there's been so many memes of him just being a, a money hungry capitalist and uh <laughs> taking advantage of you and the fact that they 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 they, they put those things out on the table without you know, directly saying, it. I just think that's really funny. So, um, but the crafting is really cool. I like that, uh, you can kind of customize your furniture and everything like that. I mean, that's probably what I spend the most time doing when I played Animal Crossing on GameCube. That was probably the last time I played it is just, you know, doing furniture and stuff like that. So being able to gather resources, craft different things, um, learning different, you know, blueprints to make furniture and stuff is going to be really cool
1: yeah it's definitely a cool new new element to to add into the game Mm -hmm. so um so next here uh, we'll combine the uh, party play and and nook link so if you've got multiple joy con handy you can have up to four people play new horizons on one switch at a time or eight in online multiplayer um see. This was shown in in the Nintendo Direct for E3 2019. uh, But this new Direct showed off more of the leader and followers feature and explained that any items found by followers will be stored in the recycling box. They can also have their own homes. Um, So for those that are, you know, sharing a Switch, uh, you you also share the island, but you can also play together on the island at the same time. So uh, kind of a neat thing there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Nook Link... uh, there isn't an actual in-game voice chat for New Horizons. Instead, Nook Link is available through the Nintendo app that will instead facilitate <laughs> voice and text chat along. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> they still trying to though, push you, push that Nintendo app that is just, like, right? useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they go on, uh, more importantly, though, you can use Nook Link to read QR code designs from Happy Home Designer and Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh, Nook link will be available after launch, but still sometime in March, 2020. So, so yeah, they're trying to still trying to push that stupid app. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the QR code thing, like I, I almost just skipped over it because I mean, who y- really uses that app for like voice and, and text and all that. But yeah, uh, the QR thing I, I think is, is pretty neat. Um, if you have access to, you know, any of that, or you've made designs of your own, you uh, you can import that stuff into New Horizons, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: I think that was a cool addition because it's really catering to those hardcore Animal Crossing fans who have, you know, played uh, the past games on, like, 3DS and such. Um, It kind of, like, wasn't really clear. Like, it'd be cool to access some of that stuff without having to own those things. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think that's exactly what it is. It's like, hey, this is a treat for those people who... Who have played the previous iterations of animal crossing they get a little bit of a extra feature to them um but i mean if you really wanted it picking up a 3ds and animal <laughs> crossing uh newly for that i don't know if it would be worth it at that but uh right you know those people that spend multiple hours um you know doing putting time into those games are, are getting rewarded which is cool
1: yeah, so hopefully, yeah, I I kind of wonder if there'll be any sort of like hub on the app itself where people can upload their own QR codes, and so if someone has a really neat design that you want, mm-hmm. um, and I mean it might just be as simple as they can you know post it on Twitter as well, but you know because it's it's just a QR reader you can yeah. write from yeah, your phone, that's so good I guess point, yeah. any way that they can they can post that QR. I mean, I personally at this point like I'm I'm not creative enough to make any designs <laughs> sure. myself, but yeah you know, if there's a way that I can get other people's designs in the game, like that'd be, you know, really neat. Um, so moving on then. So uh, customizing the Island. So, so this is where things start getting uh, pretty interesting, I believe. So uh, new horizons is set on a deserted Island. So it's only fitting that when you're building a community from scratch, that you'd have a say in its development. This starts with choosing where your first new Islanders live. Eventually as, Shown in a montage, your island will grow into a reliable animal crossing town we've come accustomed to. Complete with a museum, a full nook shop, the able sister shop, and eventually a campground for guests to visit. You can ask a guest that stays here to move on onto the island. Upgrading resident services enough brings back Isabel. It looks like she'll help you proceed with an island evaluation, uh, customize the island flag and more um so that's all really neat stuff so yeah as we kind of mentioned earlier like all the things that we we know about animal crossing Mm -hmm. like the shops and and things that you can do aren't there when you start but as you progress and build up your island they will come in so that's that's cool Mm -hmm. and uh last thing to mention here is uh a bullet for island designer Uh, We've seen new tools that make traversal a bit easier, like the way to pole vault over rivers rather than walking over to an out-of-the-way bridge. Uh, There's also a ladder for scaling ledges and cliffs. As you progress more, you'll be able to build bridges and staircases, but after that, you'll earn construction permits that will allow you to alter the terrain altogether. Uh, The Nintendo Direct showed how you'll be able to expand or remove rivers, pave paths, and modify cliffs. So this is really cool stuff here, being mm-hmm. able to, um, you know, build bridges, uh, steps, all sorts of things. Um, I mean, even just the pole vaulting and the ladder system is is a tremendous upgrade over the other games where, as it's mentioned, like if you want to get across a river, sometimes you, you have to walk, um, as it mentions, to an out-of-the-way bridge or, you know, some or out-of-the-way pathway to get up a hill to... get to a certain area so having those things right off the bat is really nice but then later being able to get the bridges and and staircases and then even like the uh it was saying about how you can alter the terrain so you can basically terraform this island and uh you know so if you find something about it you don't like you want to uh Change the layout of the land a little bit. You can do that. So it, it's really nice. They're giving players a ton of freedom in this game, and it's it's going to be so exciting. Totally. Um.
0: I don't know. Do you, like. What uh, was it? I, I wanted to talk a little bit before we move on uh, about the the direct itself. Did you think it was? What were your overall thoughts of the presentation?
1: well i i went in i was already sold on animal crossing Mm -hmm. so i i didn't i felt like i didn't need to see anything else but i decided to watch it anyway i thought maybe they'll throw in something not animal crossing related yeah (laughs) um so i so i sat down and watched it and and i'm actually glad that i did because they did a really good job with it um things were presented really well you know it was a lot of uh tom nook kind of just explaining things and then they show a little montage to go along with what he just said to mm-hmm. kind of show the different features and functionalities and and the way things progress in the game um but for me I just really like the music in it like I was really digging the the music they had playing in the background which I assume is is music in the game so uh with Animal Crossing games each hour of the day has its own music and uh and it's some of the most chill <laughs> just really fun kind of music to listen to. Yeah. And, um, I even with uh new leaf, I would sometimes just listen to the soundtrack for that game because I just, <laughs> I liked it. And there were certain hours of the day that I was just never able to play. So I wanted to hear all the different tracks. Sure. And, yeah. Um, it was all really good. And, and this seems like this game is going to have possibly even better music to it. And they kind of showcased a little bit of that in the direct. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to all that. I, I think they did a really good job. Uh, they did manage to increase my hype levels. I was already super hyped for the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know, it's Animal Crossing. I kind of know what I'm getting into. Right. Um. So I, I you know, it was just kind of like whatever. But then after watching that, I'm kind of thinking like, well, maybe, maybe I want to take a day off work to to, <laughs> play, to play this play game some, now, yeah. like, because the the yeah, the hype is just you know through the roof at this moment. So.
0: Yeah, I was I was pretty much in the same boat of like I was sold the, once I knew that there was an Animal Crossing coming to Switch because it had, it has been since the GameCube since I played and I have been eager to jump into it and I was kind of assuming that they would dive into some stuff but seeing the direct was I, I was really glad I watched it because it, it provided a bunch of details on stuff that. Now I know about going into the game, right? Um, There's clearly a lot of features and I think when someone comes, a lot of these things kind of come up in the game naturally, right? They're not all thrown at you at once, but having that kind of knowledge of all the things that you can do, like all the stuff that we've, we talked about, um, it kind of helps me kind of go in and know what to expect or know what the next step is and stuff, um, which I, I really like. So... I thought, it, yeah, it was a great presentation. I like that they didn't reveal everything. There were some things that they mm-hmm. talked about that I still kind of had some questions like, well, how does that work? Or, you know, what, I would like to know more about this, but they didn't spend the time expanding on it. So I like that they're they're not revealing everything. They're still going, I think we're still going to come across things that are quite exciting and surprising to us. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I don't know if I can book, I think I'm, Helping some family move on the twentieth, um, but the second that I'm done doing that, I am <laughs> going home, booting up my Switch and, and playing it. Um, Cause yeah, I'm I'm really excited, and I I'm excited honestly to get Megan into playing it because she was such a huge Stardew fan. I think mm-hmm. she'll she'll just be right at home with this game. I, I like I keep telling her that Stardew is like exceptional. It's an amazing video game. Animal Crossing is just as amazing so just like give it a chance i know that once you you've never played animal crossing before but once you give it a chance like you'll you'll realize it's exactly the type of game that you like so yeah i'm just really looking forward to you know you me garrett's even talking with meg uh talking about all the things that we do in the game being able to you know even access that online feature of visiting each other's islands right it would be so cool for me to go over to your island check it out um and vice versa and stuff like that so yeah i i like that nintendo decides to do these game specific directs for those big games that are very detailed like smash brothers or pokemon and now animal crossing you know um i think it's good to give them you know a good chunk of time to really dive in the game hype up players um so that they're ready to go when the game launches so
1: yeah yeah it's I'm glad they showed it but uh, I mean on the other hand like you know we're all wondering what's what's next for Nintendo after this and we haven't seen anything yet so it's like where's You know, where's the direct that shows what's coming after Animal Crossing? Because that's less than a month away and we don't know anything (laughs) after that. So it's like, are they just going to make us wait to E3 at this point? Or, you know, what's going on? My hope is,
0: now this is a, a bit of a prediction, I guess, is I'm thinking that maybe there's something in Animal Crossing that they still haven't quite revealed yet. And what I'm really hoping for is like a week week or two before launch, like sometime in March, that Nintendo hits us with a 35-minute direct. Um, and they bring up Animal Crossing just briefly to talk about some new feature that they didn't talk about. Like, I, I don't think they would necessarily do that, but something that it's like, hey, Animal Crossing is right around the corner. Here's one more thing. And then you're set. You're good to go in a couple weeks. And then we also get, you know, here's what's after Animal Crossing. But I don't know, like maybe... Maybe they they wait till after Animal Crossing has launched um, so that they can have all the attention focused on their first first party title of the year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they can talk about what's coming for the rest of the year. But I agree. Like, I'm very antsy in knowing on what Nintendo has planned for this year, because as of right now, we don't really know too much. We know some games like Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4 and all that. Mm -hmm. But like, we have no clue when those are going to come um if if at all this year right so
1: yeah and i think i mentioned i don't know if it was just in in one of our off air discussions or if it was maybe last week's episode but mm-hmm. like you know I, i'm really excited for all this xbox news and playstation and all that but i i really just want to hear what nintendo yeah, like it's what's true. going on with nintendo like that's i i, I most want to hear from them and they're the ones that are being kind of the most silent right mm-hmm. now so it I, I'm very eager,
0: but at the same time, I, I fully trust Nintendo cause they haven't disappointed the last oh, yeah. couple of years with, right? you know, things like just on a random day, it's like, here's a smash brothers reveal, like in this direct and like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, last e 3 including that breath of the wild two teaser and stuff like that. Like they're, they're we didn't even know last year, um, until that first big direct that like, I think I've talked about. <laughs> brought this point up on the show before, but Link's Awakening how like, that was a right yeah. awesome remake of a beloved game that at the beginning of the year we didn't even know existed and by September we were playing it so it's like, Nintendo's known for, they have a pretty good track record of keeping things a secret, then revealing them, and then them releasing, you know, not too far after, again minus Bayonetta 3, I'm i 4, but you know what I mean, so <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping next this upcoming month we have a big episode where we can talk about uh, a Nintendo Direct and everything we saw from it because those right. are always the, probably my. Yeah, I would say they're my most favorite episodes. Is uh, whenever there's a direct, just dissecting them and talking about all the cool announcements. So. So I I guess we'll that we'll that's it for the Animal Crossing news. What uh, we are going to do is Garrett myself, um, Adam. Is your brother picking up Animal Crossing? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I wasn't sure if he was in that Animal Crossing boat, um, but we three for sure are picking it up. And so you can expect us you know, sometime after March 20th to do a spoiler cast not really a spoiler cast because I guess there's not really spoilers in that game, but just like a, a review okay. episode for Animal Crossing where we just devote an entire episode, kind of like what we did for Death Stranding, last year uh, where we we talk about that we've kind of have plans to do that for uh, big big major releases animal crossing is that first one we definitely want to do and then final fantasy 7 and last of us etc cetera, etc cetera. so i'm really looking forward to doing a whole episode devoted to talking about that game because there's as you can hear there's a lot of stuff included in that game so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it in the next uh next several weeks i guess All right, let's move on to what we have been playing. So last week, we had a really, really busy show uh, with Jay joining in us. There was four of us. And we didn't really get a chance to talk about dreams. And Mm -hmm. so we decided that we would save that for this week. And so we haven't even really shared our... I think we shared some initial impressions, but we haven't really dived into some of the things we've experienced. So Adam, why don't you go ahead and... Talk about Dreams PS4 and everything you've experienced with it so far.
1: Yeah, let me just start off by saying that I love Dreams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I wasn't sure, like, you know, we had seen things at E3 here and there, and, and I'm like, you know, this probably isn't a game for me. And then uh, it really wasn't until they did the, uh, the beta or the whatever, like the early access thing was that they did that kind of got me interested because I heard of some of the games that uh people were making and, and putting up there but um yeah that it kind of came on my radar at that point and i decided to pick it up and and i've just really really loved it like uh so the there is sort of like a main campaign in it uh, it's called Arts Dream and it's media molecules like kind of story um for the game did you play through that so I played. I don't know how long it is roughly, but I
0: did play a decent chunk of it. I didn't complete it because I okay. know that there's a, a trophy that pops when you do complete it. Um, and I think yeah. I'm probably. I don't know. I'm guessing of whatever. I don't know. I. Do you know how long it is?
1: Um, I would say it's somewhere around like two to two and a half hours, maybe. So I've probably played. It's half, not real half of it. long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like it, they do a really good job of kind of showcasing all the different things you can do in dreams and the the different because um, it puts you into to so many different sort of like games. Like it's it's several different games in one um, that it kind of takes you in and out of. And they do some really um, sort of thematic elements too. Like not quite like not quite like cutscenes, but sort of. Um, they do some really interesting things in there, I think to kind of give people some ideas. And then also <clears throat> you get, um, you know, things, uh, prize bubbles, which is pretty typical of media molecule through that campaign that you can use in your own dreams later on. But, uh, it's, a, it's a really good, uh, really good story. It's got a nice, uh, sort of moral to the story thing to it. And it's, it's really interesting. And, uh, the, the main kind of, uh, theme that they do it so the guy's a musician so um there are some very musical elements to it and sort of the, the main song that you kind of hear every once in a while mm-hmm. um is really good and they, you do actually get to hear the whole song eventually but i i thought it was just so well done they did such a really good job on that and um there it did get it did feel like it got to a point where it's like okay like is this done yet because it, it kind of seems like there's there's like four or five different endings for the game. Almost like you think it's done and then it's not, and there's something right. else. And yeah. Then... I've already experienced but... that.
0: Only you have played <laughs> half, like thinking like, Oh, okay. Well, this is probably, Oh, oh no, I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, and then, uh, a couple kind of standouts that I've played. Uh, there's a game called ruckus, just another natural disaster. Uh, which is actually a Godzilla slash rampage type game, and you you play a monster and you go around just destroying this city. Uh, you're shooting lasers. You're you're doing tail whips. You're picking things up and throwing them. You're punching buildings, uh, ships, planes, like whatever you can find. You're just destroying. And, and the idea is just basically rack up as big a score as you can before the military eventually knocks you down. Or there's a free play mode where you can just destroy to your heart's content and, uh, you know, no worries there. But it's kind of cool because as you're going through and you're destroying things, yeah, the, the camera will kind of occasionally cut out to like a uh, like a sky chopper view, you know, like a news story is being done. And you kind of see yourself from uh, from like a bird's eye view while you're, just destroying everything and uh so it'll kind of cut to that f- for you know a couple seconds every now and then so you can kind of <laughs> kind of makes you feel like you're watching the destruction while you're causing it and mm-hmm. it's kind of neat yeah and uh, another one that i played is called southpaw cooking <laughs> and this thing had me rolling i was <laughs> i was actually streaming the night that this that that i played it or why well, i played it when i wasn't streaming but I had a couple of viewers in there, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show this game off because I had fun with it earlier. And that game is just insane. So you're you're basically playing as a person that all you have in front of you is you know four burner stove, two pots, uh, a couple steaks, you know some veggies, and um, it, you can only use your left hand. So you use the combination of left and right stick to to move your hand. And then you use, uh, was it, R1 or R2 to pick things up. So you're basically just picking things up and you have a certain amount of time to uh, essentially cook a meal, get it on the plate, and then you're scored based on, um, I guess, the the contents of the meal. So I completely lost my shit playing this game (laughs) as I was streaming it because I had fun with it before, but it just went to a whole nother level while I was playing then. Cause I I had two different pots going and I'm like, okay, I got a steak in the pan and I got veggies in, in like the stock pot. (laughs) And I'm like, this is going to be a good meal. Like I'm excited for this. And I'm trying to like get the pepper grinder. I'm going to try and get some pepper in there. And then all of a sudden the the veggie pot lights on fire and there's no, there's no way to get the stuff out of there without (laughs) just grabbing it with your hands. So yeah, I'm sticking my hand into this burning pot. The thing's on <laughs> fire. I'm putting my hand in there to try and get things out. Meanwhile, the steak lights on fire. Oh my god. And I'm trying to get over to that and my hand swipes the radio which then starts playing uh, like this this hard rock music. So it's like it turned into like a a death metal concert while I'm trying to get this stuff out of these flaming pans and onto the plate <laughs> before time expires. And I just I I totally lost it. It was, it was so funny. Um, I yeah I I had a blast with that. That's um, awesome. Those were uh, two two of the or a couple of the standouts for me. Um, there was there was one other. So if you want to maybe talk about, I, I don't have it written down. So if you wanted to maybe talk about some of your experiences, I can. Sure. Yeah. Can find that.
0: I uh, before I go into those, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my just initial and overall impressions I guess is leaning into it I was kind of on the fence always with dreams because it even when it went into early access like the beta I considered buying it but I just like it really is a game that I think you need to just take a chance on and get into it to see what's there Uh, once you get into it you'll you'll realize that there's all these types of creations and things for you to play And they do vary in, you know, how, how well they, like in performance, I guess, you know, you get some that are like blowing your mind that somebody actually was able to create something like this. And then you get others that are, you know, very silly, um, things like I, I'm sure you for, for every like great game you come across, you probably played like three or four, mediocre and then you probably played like (laughs) three or four bad ones you know what i mean like uh there is a lot of good on there but we're also like you know it launched on february 14th so there was all this stuff from the beta but now even more people just jumped into it for the first time so i think you know over the course of this year we're going to get more and more like i already i just played it the other day and there was already new trending uh really Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome games that weren't there, you know, like a week prior. So clearly, like we're on pace to, you know, I don't know when that will fizzle out, but I honestly think because of how infinite the possibilities are mm-hmm. with the Dreams Creator and stuff, like I think we're going to continue getting, you know, as there's more assets created that people can kind of share and, and put into their games. Like the games are just going to get better. So uh, I did want to to make a comment on that for because it was funny. I was playing the Dreams and. Megan was watching me play some stupid game and, and she's just like, I don't really want to watch. Like, this is stupid. This game looks horrible. Why did you buy it? I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I like, she's like, well, no, I get that. You can like play a bunch of different creations. I saw a couple that seemed okay, but like, you seem to be playing. I'm like, well, that's cause I'm just kind of like randomly, you know, blindly going into some of these games. And then I showed her a couple others that was, she was like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but um yeah like it's easy for that initial impression to kind of go in and be like what the heck this is all crap but there there really is some amazing creations then even when you're playing them even if it's kind of mediocre or a very, a very short game or something you just think in your head like somebody took the time to create everything in this game um mm-hmm. which is really impressive we uh i i guess i should ask have you messed around in the creation too at all no No. Yeah. So like me either, like I I've done a (laughs) bit of the tutorials, but that's just, I don't really have the interest in creating them. Um, and so even the limited amount that I've experienced in learning how to build stuff is like, holy crap, like this is hard and it would take a lot of practice and a lot of you know creativity to get really good at using this tool and so when you it almost it makes you appreciate the games even more once you kind of have an understanding of how these games are built and stuff so i did want to mention that that was my biggest takeaway uh from dreams is just you know how impressive it is just from that standpoint alone right um so some games that I really liked, I, I mentioned this one to Adam in our group chat, but there's one called The Pilgrim, which is really, really cool. It's kind of like a uh, 3D platformer. Um, you play as this kind of little like wizard guy. What makes this game really cool is the game is divided into several levels. I think there's about 10 levels, and each level is very unique in the mechanics and what you need to do in it. So some are very dark and ominous, Others are very bright and vibrant in colors. And the reason why it's so cool is because it's not like you're going, you know, level one is water level. And you do some platform elements. Level two is fire. Like within each level, you get to experience either different things, different puzzles or different things that you need to do to complete the level, which is really cool. There's a, a big variety in the game, which um, I think is really hard to do right that's the hardest thing and it's one thing to build all these games but then to create um you know what that player is doing within this space is a challenge in its own so they did a really good job at making each level unique and uh really solid soundtrack great visuals um to be honest it's the best game i've played so far in dreams i I highly recommend it i even liked it more than what it like it doesn't have the polish of polish of some of the Media Molecule games but I mean I, I enjoyed playing it more than the Media Molecule uh, developed games so please check out that one if you have have the game and then uh, there was one called Galaxy Cadet 2020 I don't know if you got a chance to play this one but it's uh, so the the thumbnail for it looks like oh it looks like someone's made like a clone for Space Invaders but right when you jump into the game, you realize that there's kind of like, it's a little bit, uh, meta and there's some metaphors in it and some social commentary. And it's more than just, uh, you playing this like knockoff of space Invaders. bears. It, it kind of is farther than that. I don't want to spoil it. It's really hard to explain, um, but I think it's something that you just kind of it's really short, like you can play it in like 10 minutes, probably, probably even less. Um, mm-hmm. so that's Galaxy Cadet 2020. And then what else was there? There was, I think, just one more that I wanted to mention. Um, again, these are very highly rated ones, so like the Pilgrim Galaxy Cadet 2020, those are got a lot of thumbs up. Um, so they're pretty well known, but they're they're, they're quite good. I did play the Sonic uh, Adventure... Yeah. One that uh, was quite... Sonic Adventure Dreams Edition. I played... I can't remember what version because it's been even updated since I last played it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's quite good. It is, yeah. It's uh, It feels like you're playing like a 3D... Yeah, like a Sonic Adventure game. Ami um, Kart is a really, really cool kart game that is... You know quite impressive because some of the these games on dreams kind of share very similar elements where one game you know you play another one you're like okay this is clearly like the texture or the environment from this game but um Amikart was cool because it was so unique and you know there wasn't too many racing games on there that I could find uh so I wanted to give that one a shout out and yeah that's all I'll, I'll talk about for tonight I think I don't know how like much we'll continue to play this game, but one thing that I thought would be cool is you know every episode when we get to what games we've been playing, uh, if either of us have like a couple new games that we've experienced on Dreams, maybe we would give them a shout out, uh, recommend yeah. them to people to play. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, uh, overall, I I really like Dreams. Um, I really hope that it can. I I, I mean if. Look at the Metacritic score and what reviews it was getting. They were really high. I'm really glad to see that the game was getting really good reviews. And that's awesome because I think Dream struggles in telling people what the game is. Like It it definitely (laughs) is a game that you need to experience for yourself. And so... I'm glad that they people that got to experience realized how great it was. And we're able to relay that to people like, Hey, this game is incredible. You need to just test it out for yourself. So, all right. Um, we're getting a little tight on time. Do you have any other games that you wanted to mention that you've been playing recently? Um,
1: no, I don't think so. Um, I, I have a few other games that I I did play, but it's, only for a short period of time. So in the interest of time, I can probably just wait to talk about those next, next week. All right.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. We got a lot of responses for question of the week. So, um, I did play a game called house flipper, which I'm actually quite excited to talk about it. I got up this morning at like 9am and I had the day off and I don't do this normally, but I sat all day. I didn't even eat lunch I just got up to go to the washroom, and I played this game all day. Um, so I want to give it more time than what I can give it today. So I'm going to save that for next week to talk about this game. But uh, yeah, a game very that, excited to hear about it. Yeah, it's very weird. It's not like r- like a really fun game to play, but it's like very therapeutic, which I'll I'll kind of mm-hmm. expand on more next week. But um, uh, I did want to mention that yakuza zero is available on xbox game pass right now you guys know that i'm a yakuza fan i talk about every week (laughs) so go play the game for yourself and give it give it a shot it is available on xbox game pass garrett's uh started up last night i think so i let me just
1: tease that um this will be one of the games i talk about next week
0: awesome yeah i can't wait to hear (laughs) hear you guys talk about a couple things and uh yeah, it's going to be exciting cuz that's a game that I really haven't known anybody who ha- has also played it, so it'll be great to kind of share, you know, opinions on the game and stuff. I think I honestly think you you'll like it just knowing what games you're into and stuff. Um especially that you're into like JRPGs like they have that kind of weird element to it that is very not weird, but you know, like Japanese culture's very different yeah. from North American culture and so there's some things that we experience in Japanese games that don't really translate to us. um, But, you know, a lot of us understand those kinds of things and stuff. So I think if you have an understanding for Japanese culture and stuff, you'll, you'll have no problem dealing with some of the weirdness you get to experience. But I'm really excited uh, for both you and Garrett to talk about it. So, all right, question of the week. Uh, Thank you guys so much for giving a bunch of responses i didn't even have to tag people people were responding like crazy (laughs) this week uh both on facebook and twitter normally you just get twitter but we have three responses on our facebook post as well so uh, last week's question was what is your favorite video game song uh so justin musselman who he's he's justin's your friend correct Yep. Okay. Yep. My perfect. Boy, J money. Awesome. <laughs> so he says there are so many good ones out there, but this is one. This is one I feel is super underrated, uh, which is from Chrono Cross. He he shared the video, which is "Dream of the Shore, Bordering Another World." That's the title track. Uh, and then Jessica Soderberg, who is my sister. Uh, there are many, but at the moment, I would have to say the Wolf Among Us intro theme. Uh, her husband, Jeremy Soderbergh, says, Really, the entire Halo 2 soundtrack is great, but I'll go with the main theme with Steve Vai on guitar. And then over on Twitter, J.E., at Pound who was on the show last week, says, Here's the song I mentioned, uh, A Red Apple Fell from the Sky from Gravity Rush 2. Also, this E3 trailer for The Crew changed my music taste forever. Last night. I heard everything in slow motion by Oliver Tank. Never even played the crew. And last response, but shout out to... Uh, Sete- Dane. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's Final Fantasy Ten. Yeah. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. terrible with Roman numerals. So, Final Fantasy X, so much Kingdom Hearts, Zelda music, and of course, everything Monkey Island here's a great cover of the song I mentioned for your NPC question. So all these, the, the thing in the question when I posted it is ask people to also link YouTube videos of the song. So if you hear these songs I honestly recommend just going over to our Twitter page or Facebook page, looking at these comments and then listening to them for yourself. Um, so yeah. Uh, Steven Beagle at Lordly Kings dot right now. It's hands down the gym later. Leader, I wanted to create a uh, sorry side note. I wanted to do a segment where each week I I mess up his Twitter handle, but now I guess I kind of. I, I think that's that. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like at lore dot <Lordlykinjizdot> says <laughs> right now it's hands down the gym leader theme for Pokemon Sword and Shield of all time goes to the prelude to pretty much all Final Fantasy titles. Uh, Zach Johnson at WZA John soundtrack would be easier. Shining Force 2 uh, for the Genesis, Genesis uh and then Doom 2016 and then but just one song the only answer could be Through the Valley uh from The Last of Us Part 2. The Solo Gamer podcast at The Solar Gamer 3 on Twitter says truly any of the songs from the Elder Scrolls soundtracks would do but this Has always been a favorite, um, and so they bring up a track from Oblivion, I believe. Uh, let me just make sure it is, pull it up. Yeah, The Elder Scrolls Oblivion OST original soundtrack piece of Akatosh, and then Grap Grand. Oh, sorry, Danny at Mad Hatter one one three eight underscore says so many to choose from, but I'll go with the one that got me hooked on video game soundtracks. The main title from Kingdom Hearts two. Also wanted to give a shout out to the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games one through four and Underground one and two introduced me to so many good bands. Grand Rap- Rapid- Rapidians, Grand Rapidians play video games at Grand underscore Video says most anything from Earthbound or Katamari Damasi with Little Big Planet a close third. One of my Earthbound faves was Let me open it up here. Uh, Runaway 5 left the building, which is from Earthbound. And then lastly we have Riku at Worgen Riku. Mm-hmm. Kane's theme from near. So thank you guys thank so much for those great responses. Again, I highly recommend. Listeners just head over to our Twitter page, listen to those themselves. Adam, what is your favorite video game song of all time?
1: Uh, I really want to cheat, and uh, someone else mentioned about choosing a soundtrack. Yeah, because I agonized over this decision, and right. it wasn't because of I wanted to pull from other games. It's I had the game locked, but I didn't know which song to pick from it because the whole soundtrack is so good. Uh, but that with, with that being said. It's got to be Black Omen from Chrono Trigger. Um, 100%. Like, that song is so good. It just, it has to be my favorite. Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. For myself, again,
0: this is a really weird nostalgia thing because there's way better songs than this one. It is not, like, a great, great song by any means. Um, But the theme song to Mystical Ninja starring Goemon on Nintendo 64 has this intro where it kind of plays a cutscene and plays the intro song. It's all in Japanese, but they're subtitles. And it's funny because you read the subtitles and the w- words don't necessarily go together, but that's because it's a, a translation, right? So in Japanese, it sounds great um, hearing in that, but if you were to like sing the English words with the music behind it, it would just sound awkward, which is kind of the most case for lots of things translated. Um, but this song just used to get me pumped up as a kid it would come on and i would just get jacked uh to to play this really weird konami game and yeah so that i it's one of the games i still bring up to this day so that's why it's my favorite Mm -hmm. so this week's question dang it i did not think of a question to ask um man i'm i'm dropping the ball here Uh, do you have any ideas for question of the week to
1: issue? Um, now I'm, I'm blanking Um, right now too. Um, See, I've only
0: done this a couple times where I've completely, let let me think here. Um, oh, I got a good one here. Did, so question of the week is, did you ever use strategy guides, um, for video games? So in the internet age, we kind of get tutorials, walkthroughs through the internet But back in the day, when we got stuck in a game, we had to resort to strategy guides. So what I want to know is, did you guys use strategy guides? And then to follow up with that, what was your favorite strategy guide that you read or owned or whatever? So make sure you send your responses to contact at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll read them out on next week's episode. And the question will also be posted on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod and our Facebook page, Games Are Fun, So you can respond there just like everyone else did this past week. And we'll read your answers next episode. All right, that concludes this episode for Games Are Fun. Adam, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Awesome. you can follow me at LukeAllenArm on Twitter. Follow the show at Games Are Fun Pod. Search for Games Are Fun on Facebook. And follow us on Instagram at GamesAreFunPod. Adam, thank you so much for, for joining me on this week's episode. It was a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And thank you guys for listening so much. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Give it a, a like or review on whatever platform you listen to it on. And we will talk to you guys all next week with a new episode. See you later.